Welcome to the Menopause Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Willis, author of Cookie Dough in the Dark and Vibrant Living with Tanya. Menopause is like going through puberty again. Your body is changing, your hormones are shifting, but instead of being a lost teenager, it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent your life and take stock of your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Gain wisdom, be empowered, and learn the strategic skills and the inner work that can be done simply so that the last half to third of your life is vibrant and amazing. Subscribe and share this podcast with your gal pals, and thank you for joining me. Hello, we are following up from last week's episode. We are digging a little bit into emotions and feelings and doing some mindset shifts. So I really hope that you took some time to uh, listen to that episode on shame. It was a very powerful episode. I highly recommend you listening to it. And um, today we're diving into perfectionism, which I didn't really think uh, that I was a perfectionist, but after studying this a little bit more, I was uh, <laughs> somewhat surprised. So shame is the birthplace of perfectionism. And um, you know what I'm kind of thinking is that there's you can tr- strive to be perfect in different things, but stick with me here. This is so powerful what we're going to uncover today. Perfectionism is not striving to be our best or working toward excellence. Okay, so perfectionism is not striving to be our best or working towards excellence. Healthy striving is internally driven. Perfectionism is externally driven by a simple but potentially all-consuming question, what will people think? So let that just resonate with you for a moment here. Um, And let's continue. So what, um, again, I'm taking some of this from um, Brene Brown's book, um, Atlas of the Heart. So it's mapping meaningful connection and the language of human experience. And it's just really interesting to dive into these And just notice if these are running or perfection or shame or some of the other emotions we're going to talk about, how they're showing up for you in your day and how it's influencing the decisions that you make. So what she learned was that achieving mastery requires curiosity and viewing mistakes and failures as opportunity for learning. And perfectionism kills curiosity by telling us that we have to know everything or we risk looking less than. And when I read this, I was like, oh my goodness. Because I don't know if you've been following along with my episodes from the very beginning. I talk about dieting and how I was caught in the dieting loop and when you're on a diet, you're always thinking about, I have to do everything perfect. It's this whole all or nothing, right? It's this perfectionism. And what it does, and the mindset shift I had in my early 30s was that I let go of dieting and I became curious and compassionate, right? And started asking myself questions. 
And it was so powerful to me reading this sentence because saying here that mastery requires curiosity and viewing mistakes and failures as opportunities for learning. And so many times we just think we failed and, and we, then we feel bad instead of going, what did I learn from this, this diet? What did I learn about myself from doing this movement program? What did I learn about myself in this situation? What am I learning about myself with triggers? Like really asking yourself these questions, which I think are so powerful. And for me and my clients have been transformational. And the very fact that perfectionism kills curiosity, right, is fascinating to me. So perfectionism tells us that our mistakes and failures are personal defects. So we either try, so we either avoid trying new things or we barely recover every time we inevitably fall short, right? And so I'm looking at my life and I'm like, what am I afraid to do because I don't think I will be as good as somebody else? And I definitely can see areas in my life where that doesn't bother me, right? Like I don't mind putting myself in maybe a vulnerable situation of being the student again and learning. But then I also can see parts of myself where I am avoiding trying new things because I don't know if it's embarrassment or that I won't look as good as somebody else. I'm, I'm trying to just tap into that one a little bit more, right? But I do know that that veil of perfectionism is releasing and I enjoy trying new things. And then what other fears besides maybe, you know, falling short are coming up, right? So fear is fascinating. And uh, if you haven't listened to my cold plunge episode, um, I can't remember what number it is but I'll make a note to put it in here. I learned, uh, I say nine things I learned. It's a very powerful episode. It, it really is not about cold plunging. It's the things that I learned from doing something new. And it was really insightful. So I'll put that in the show notes for you. All right, so just think about when you when you aren't trying new things, What what is holding you back? <clears throat> So there were, she mentions in here, uh, Brene Brown, some high levels of perfectionist traits. And I kind of laughed when I went through them. Um, so I'm going to read them out here because I honestly didn't think I was a perfectionist, but these really resonated with me. Um, so some traits are, are doomed to fail at meeting their own expectations and the expectations that they assume are held by others. And, you know, this is one thing that's really interesting about me being in this, this health and fitness profession that I've been in for over 30 years is that I had to, um, you know, when I shared my story about cookie dough in the dark with my eating addiction, I had a lot of shame around that. So I kept it hidden because of the expectations that I needed to be perfect. Right. And what I realized is that, well, that's just not achievable, but it's okay for me to show my vulnerability and to show the human experience side of me and that people aren't attracted to me. In, in fact, 
people can be repelled by me if 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 I'm not human, if I don't show the struggle and the the mindset shifts that I make and the not the failures, but the things that went wrong. So again, I really had to step off. I'm not, I'm not going to say I was on a pedestal, but I really had to step down and allow myself to be human and, and not think that I had everything together. So see if that resonates with you at, at all. But, you know, every, all of us are always learning. And I think that's the important thing is, are you learning? Are you increasing your knowledge? Are you integrating that into your being? Are you being curious and compassionate and kind to yourself and <clears throat> allowing yourself to make these mistakes? And then what do you learn from them? So I definitely have shifted on this, but I was like, Ooh, I definitely had that one perceive themselves as constantly or sorry, consistently falling short of others' expectations. So I'm like, um, I don't know about this one, but I'm going to think about it. So perceive themselves as consistently falling short of others' expectations. So I do know that when I wrote my book, Cookie Dough in the Dark, that it, that was one step to write it. And then the next step was uh, sharing it with the world. And I definitely felt some shame about the book not being perfect because everything we do can always be better, right? But once you do a book, you can't really like let everybody know, oh, I want to change this or I saw a spelling mistake. And so part of me was like, it's not perfect, but it was perfect in that time of my life. And it has helped many people uncover things that they did not know about themselves or understanding that they're not alone in the journey of, you know, overeating or, you know, overeating simple carbohydrates and, and what I learned. So I'm a different person than when I wrote that book. Now, obviously we're a different person than we were yesterday, but I definitely remember having some shame and secrecy and having a hard time sharing it because, and again, I mentioned this on last week's podcast, I hadn't developed some skills around criticism and judgment. And so I didn't know how to um, deal with anybody that wouldn't like what I had to say. And even I, you know, look back on it and I wish I'd done a different front cover. I don't like the picture at the back. They forgot to put a picture of my vibrant, beautiful self in the book. And so because it wasn't perfect, I had a hard time sharing it. And now I'm ticked at myself because I'm like, gosh, Tanya, it's an accomplishment to write a book and get it published. Like, that's a great thing that you did, but yet I didn't share it enough or, you know, let it out because of some fears. So again, just see how it's, if, if, if anything resonates in your life that's showing up with how you're holding yourself back. So another trait is behave in ways that result in perceived and actual exclusion and rejection by others. And you know what's so interesting? Last week I mentioned, remember, I said I have a hard time 
getting into groups because I feel like I'm not going to be included. And then I gave that example of, of, you know, people introducing uh, her husband to people and didn't call me out by name. And I, that really hurt me. Um, But how am I contributing to this? And I really thought in that moment when this happened a few weeks ago, should I say something like, Hey, Hey, I'm Tanya and introduce myself, but I didn't. And so I'm like, why didn't I do that? And maybe I was thinking I'm not worthy of it. Oh my God, I just can't even believe I'm thinking these things in my fifties, but I've been thinking about them for a long time. So am I, you know, perceiving myself being left out of that group or whatever? So just again, noticing these things is very powerful and feeling socially disconnecting and having fewer social connections. And I did mention that last week and I hadn't read any of this stuff. So it's just interesting when I started to read this, I was like, wow, this is interesting that I actually have some perfectionistic traits that I didn't really think of because I didn't really think I was a perfectionist, but now I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And so I do kind of disconnect myself and isolate myself because I feel like I'm not perfect or I'm not enough or I'm not worthy to be part of the group. Oh, goodness gracious me. Okay. So um, I don't know if any of you have read The Gifts of Imperfection, but um, I read that one many, many, many years ago. But um, it says here that the perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, live perfectly, work perfectly, and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. Hmm. So let that just sit in there for a moment and just realize where are you being perfect in your life? What is that armor that you're wearing to perhaps protect yourself? Perfectionism is not self-improvement. My gosh, my whole body's vibrating right now. Perfection is at its core about trying to earn approval and acceptance. Oh my gosh. Oh, there comes into my lack of self-esteem, my lack of self-confidence, my lack of self-worth is just, if I'm perfect, I will be accepted and, and appreciated, or I will be approved of and appreciated or accepted. And I know that oh my gosh, this is such an armor for me because by trying to be perfect, I think I push people away and keep myself safe. And even though I'm trying to earn their approval and acceptance, um, on one hand, I'm not living my authentic self. So make most perfectionists and perfectionists were raised being praised for achievement and performance, good grades, good manners, nice appearance, you know, uh, following rules, people pleasing. So again, just notice if this is resonating with you. And uh, I definitely fell into the good grades. I was uh, always loved getting good grades. It made me feel good. But you know, I'll tell you an interesting story. I remember graduating from grade eight. And um, a lot of my friends were getting 
presence and I did not. <laughs> and I said to my mother, I don't know what I said exactly, but like, why didn't I get a present? I don't know if I said that. She said, Tanya, you do this for you. You do this for internal, right? You don't do it for the external. And I still remember that. And it has been such a valuable lesson in my life because it, it, it I did it for me, but I did it for me because I felt good, but I guess on another level, I was doing it to get more recognition or approval and acceptance. And my mother just kind of, you know, reiterated, you do this for you. So, mm. uh, and, you know, I probably at one time was a rule follower and now um, I actually question rules a lot more. Um, do they make sense to me? Why are they in place? I am not one to follow other people. And that could be a whole other podcast, but I really have, you know, my mother raised me to be a very independent thinker, a very independent person. And, you know, just, just for an example, this is so minor, but I know just walking into a bathroom, say for example, and there's a lineup of women and, you know, if I'm near the front, sometimes I will, a lot of the times, actually, I will just look under and look at the stalls because what I find is there's actually an empty stall. It's just the door is closed. And so I'll be like, oh, you know, here's an empty stall instead of just standing in line and waiting. So that is just a part of me that's just not following the rules because I am like, let's just see what else is out there. Like if, if there's an empty stall, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but that one to me, or also if everybody's standing in line, I love this one. And I'll ask them, what are you standing in line for? And some people say, I don't know, just there, there's this line. And I'll be like, oh, and I'll go to the front of the line and I'll come back and I'll say, oh, this is what the line is for. And they go, oh, I'm standing in the wrong line. So I don't know. I just, I'm always, those are very minor examples, but I just, I like to question and understand and, uh, you know, not just follow things blindly. All right. So somewhere along the way, we adopt this dangerous and debilitating belief system. I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. I please, I perform, I perfect. Oh, healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Where perfectionism is other focused, what will they think of me? And you know what? This goes back to having children and you cannot control children. And I remember being in a grocery store or actually, it, it, uh, well, there's two different examples, but, um, you know, and I took my kids there and the, I should not have been there because they were tired, but I was trying to get, you know, just that last errand done, just one more errand. So they were tired. They were probably hungry. And I remember them acting out and that is embarrassing. And that is like an exact response here of, what will other people think in the store of my parenting? 
right? Instead of me, which I do remember in this situation going, okay, Tanya, how can I improve so this does not happen again? Because this is not my children's fault. In this moment, they are young and I have pushed them beyond their capacity. And so how can I improve on this situation? And so I know that people probably in the store that day viewed me as, you know, um, uh, something that I lost control or I'm not a good parent or whatever, but I, that didn't really affect me. But again, just have a look at, are you doing things and asking yourself, how can I improve? Or are you focused more on what other people will think? And I think this really goes to how I really want to be vulnerable and authentic in this podcast is why I don't edit things because I want it to be authentic and vulnerable and connected. And if I start playing around with it, I'm going to be going and trying to please, maybe I didn't say the sentence right. Maybe I ummed a little bit more. Maybe I, you know, when we were, when I was talking with a guest, we got on a little bit of a different tangent or said something that might've rubbed people the wrong way. And you know what? That is, When we hear those things, we have to ask ourselves, how is this triggering us? And this is a question I ask myself a lot. What, what am I, what is triggering me in this moment? And how can I learn and grow from this experience as opposed to going, they shouldn't have said that or something like this. So again, that's a huge mindset shift that I've had. Um, And, and honestly, on, on some level, some level. I mean, obviously I care about what people think, but, uh, and I have let it hold me back. Let's get on to this next part. But I also, on the other hand, don't care what people think because um, I know that we all hear things differently and believe things differently depending on our past and our perceptions. So I can't, be perfect to everybody. I can't resonate with everybody. And I'm learning that this is, this is okay. (laughs) Um, It says that perfectionism hampers success. It often sets you on the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. And yes, yes, I can feel that. Um, And life paralysis, listen to this because, oh, this is powerful, refers to all of the opportunities we miss because we're too afraid to put anything out in the world that could be imperfect. It's also all of the dreams that we don't follow because of our deep fear of failing and making mistakes and disappointing others. It's terrifying to risk when you're a perfectionist because you're putting your self-worth on the line. And this goes back to me with my book, Cookie Dough in the Dark. I was too afraid to, after having read it, really pump it up um, because of a deep fear of failing that it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't meet all of your expectations. It would maybe disappoint you. And so I kept quiet and there's that shame. There's that shame of, 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 um, you know, secrecy and silence and, and judgment, right. That, that shame thrives on. So I'm, I'm just like, oh my gosh, just 
peeling back the layers of my onion here and getting a little deeper. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, this, this perfectionism is self-destructive and addictive belief system, right? That we try to use to protect ourselves from feelings of shame and judgment and blame and definitely let judgment, let's sit in judgment for a moment and realize how we judge other people, how we judge ourselves. Where's this coming from? And we're so quick. You know, I have had people who have followed me, been part of my programs. I have changed their life. And then I have said one thing that really touched a deep nerve within them. And they're like, I'm out. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and on one hand, I'm like, that's totally fine because that's your, that's your, you know, thing that you need to, to deal with next. And maybe there's another person. So my part of the puzzle, my piece in your, in your puzzle game is complete, but it's crazy to me how quickly that can happen. Sometimes, So I really sit back and notice how I'm judging myself, how I judge others and how, what, what's triggering me and what I can learn from it. Oh, right. So none of us can be perfect, right? It's an illusion. It's an unattainable goal. And it's about perception. Uh, we want to be perceived as perfect. But this again is unattainable because there's no way to control perception, no matter how much time and energy we spend, right? So I hope some of this resonated with you. I definitely had some aha moments preparing this. And, you know, I really look at these next 50 years that I'm going to live and I want to move past fear and and, or maybe not move past it, but move into it and through it and conquer some of my fears, not to be perfect, but to grow as a person and to increase that vibrancy because fear and guilt and shame, these are all very low vibrational um, feelings and thoughts that we have. And they pull us into low vibrational actions. And I'll talk about this later but they pull us down instead of lifting us up into light and love. And that, that can be scary. And this expansion and light and love can be very scary for some of us, very uncomfortable feeling, especially when we spent so many years hating on ourselves, disrespecting, judging ourselves, perhaps shielding ourselves to protect ourselves from other people um, and then some of the actions that follow from that. So again, I hope this resonates with you. I hope this is, you know, something that um, you can kind of incorporate into your being and um, share with your gal pals, share with the gal pals, ladies. This is part of evolving and growing spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally and being curious and compassionate and kind and I ask this of you as I step out of my perfectionism, out of my shame, to please, um, you know, I don't get paid for doing this podcast. I, I love doing this podcast. 
But if you can share it with just one of your friends or a few of your friends so that this message spreads, if it resonates with you, my podcast, I would really appreciate that. And if any of my programs, I have the 30-Day Added Sugar Detox, which is an amazing first step to take on your path to reducing sugars, which will help to balance your blood sugars, which will decrease your cravings, which will then you will eat less. And it's just a step. I have an amazing program called Get Rid of Your Aches and Pains, Thin Your Thighs and Waist, Reduce Cellulite. And it changed my life adding rolling in. And I give my heart and soul into that program. I have a beautiful membership with an amazing community of women that their lives are better. And because their lives are better, they make other lives better. And it's a ripple effect and it's trickling. So I'm, I'm learning to step up and allow my light to shine. And I know that my programs, I put everything into them. I, I, they are underpriced for the value that is in those programs. And that's something I need to work on is increasing my prices. So get it before I do. <laughs> um, because I absolutely, without a doubt, undervalue my services. Um, and that is something that I am taking time to heal to move through that to believe that I am worth worth um you know more than I give myself credit for okay everybody enjoy this beautiful day evening morning whenever you're listening to this and thank you for listening I'll see you in the next episode